2: I bet Jerry Jones would shave his head right now for a cowboy, put a triangle on the back for a, for a quarterback. I bet he'd do that in a minute. Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. And, of course, on your smart speaker as well, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. That was a rough, rough night. You're getting dominated all over the place, and then you lose your quarterback for what looks like six to eight weeks. For Jerry, it just went from bad to worse. Really tough night for the Cowboys, but uh, and,
1: and a really uh, a surprising night. But, uh, uh, of course, really add to it right there at the end to uh, lose him for several weeks. We'll see more about how long, how many weeks that may be.
2: So several Jerry weeks. What exactly uh, happened to his hand? Surprise, uh,
1: yes, he has an injury above his joint and his thumb up here, That'll
2: need surgery. And so, season's over.
0: Yeah, let's be clear, though. Last night was not a rough night because you lost your quarterback. Last night was a rough night and you lost your quarterback. Yeah. There's a difference in that because Dak Prescott yep. wasn't knocked out of the game until five and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter, and by that point it was already 19-3. to And your offense was absolutely putrid. Carlin, we talked about it before. You had 12 total first downs in that game. That was the worst in week one by any offense by far. You averaged 3.8 yards per play. Per context, the average around the league in week one was five and a half. A good number is anything north of six in terms of average per play. The Dallas Cowboys offense is awful. Big part of the problem, the offensive line having deficiencies, losing Lyle Collins, losing Connor Williams this offseason, Connor McGovern getting hurt last night, Tyron Smith getting hurt in the preseason. All of those played a factor in what we saw last night. But then also, the wide receiver core, Michael Gallup not being back, CeeDee Lamb not stepping up. CeeDee Lamb, Carlin, only had two catches on 11 targets. Absurd. Bruh, you got to be better. And Steven Jones is not wrong for calling you to the carpet. That's got to happen. But ultimately, the Dallas Cowboys should have higher expectations for what their offense is going to be. And it's clear that based on the plan, and the organization's philosophy this past offseason, they were banking on Dak Prescott to be a force multiplier, and it was clear that he couldn't overcome the deficiencies both on the offensive line and in the wide receiving core to make that game more competitive than what we saw.
2: If you didn't hear Stephen Jones, this was him earlier today on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas about... The wide receivers need st- needing even need to step up. Well, I, I think we've certainly got to step up and, and do better, and that's a, those, uh, the passing game goes hand in hand. The quarterback and the receivers, and uh, certainly, uh, you know, we've we've got to be better there. I mean, CD's got to, uh, you know, he's got to improve and uh, and work his way into being the number one receiver. We think we can. Look, everybody's got to play better, but when we talk about Dak being a force multiplier. Let's at least be fair about it. You have to help them a little bit in front of them. Just a little bit. Somebody's got to be able to block a little bit better than they were. And you made this point last hour. The fact that they have not built it the same way that they used to build it in terms of that offensive line and really positioning yourselves to be dominant up front for a long time, It speaks volumes about where they are right now. They have devalued the position. And, Chris, by the way, they've done it at a time when offensive line play across the league is not particularly good. And now you had a chance to really double down and put yourself in in a better position, but instead you let a guy go that could clearly
0: help you right now because you gave Zeke all that money. Well, Carlin, former Cowboys coach Bill Parcells, who happened to also be my coach down there, said it best. The worst thing you can do in this business is fool yourself. And the Dallas Cowboys have fooled themselves into thinking that the offensive lineman that they wanted to hold on to, Tyron Smith, Tyler Biotish, Connor McGovern, Terrence Steele, was going to be enough. And in drafting Tyler Smith, that would be enough to overcome losing Lyle Collins, Connor Williams. Turns out they were wrong. And this is not something that they didn't see coming in terms of Tyron Smith potentially dealing with injury at some point this season, Carlin. Because Tyron Smith has dealt with injury in every single season and had to miss time going back to 2015. So that's something that you should have planned for. And if you know that you have one of your starting tackles that's prone to missing time, it might be a good idea not to make the other starting tackle, you know, the guy that's in his mid-20s and has got 70-plus starts under his belt. It'd probably be a good idea not to make that guy a cap casualty. But they didn't do that. They, They let Lyle Collins walk. Also, with your wide receiving core, Knowing that Michael Gallup was coming off of a knee reconstruction, an injury that he suffered late last year, knowing that CeeDee Lamb has never stepped into the number one receiver role, might have been a good idea to try to work something out with Amari Cooper on a restructure to keep him around. You didn't do that. You traded him to Cleveland for what? A fifth-round pick? How's that working out for you? How'd your receiving core look yesterday? Noah Brown had the most catches for the Dallas Cowboys receivers. And people are asking Noah, who Noah Brown is? Yeah. yeah. I was asking who the hell Noah Brown is too last night. So, I mean, that that's a problem for the Dallas Cowboys. Again, I think they fooled themselves into thinking that Dak could do more with less. And in, I don't understand in what world that they believe that Dak Prescott is a quarterback that's going to be able to overcome all of those different issues on the offensive side of the ball. And, Carlin, I think you hit the nail on the head. When you said it about Ezekiel Elliott, the reason why they're in that position is because of the contract and and basically the weight of that contract and how it impacts the rest of your roster construction. Because there's no way you should have a running back with a fifteen million dollar cap. Hit.
2: Chris, I, I cannot hear about how amazing he looks. I mean, just stop. I can't. I can't hear from people. During the broadcast and even beforehand with Jerry about how he's in unbelievable shape when this is somebody that consistently, when you go and look at it, his yards per game have gone down
0: every single year he has been in the league. Every year. Carlin, Ezekiel Elliott is taking up eighteen point two million dollars on Dallas' salary cap this year. Dak Prescott is at nineteen point seven. How is that? How how can you survive? How can you survive in that world? It doesn't make sense. And so the problems for the Dallas Cowboys when it came to surrounding Dak Prescott with the pieces that he needs in order to be successful started a couple of years ago when Jerry decided to dole out that contract to Zeke. Yep. That's where it started. I don't know
2: how you can look at this. Like, this has to be just an ugly smack in the face to Jerry and to everybody down there today. When they look at that roster today... And I would say 24 hours earlier, they viewed it a heck of a lot differently than they do right now. And I don't want to overreact to one game, but that's one of the things that
0: I saw in week one that I believed. Well, no question. They got their tails kicked. But here's the thing, Carlin. They got their tails kicked, but to also add on top of that, they were undisciplined. Carlin, they had 10 penalties yesterday. They They averaged over seven a game last year. They had 10 penalties yesterday. This is coming off of a preseason performance against the Broncos where they had 13 penalties, and let's not mention all the penalties that they had in the playoff game against the 49ers. You would think if the one thing the Dallas Cowboys focused on cleaning up from last year to this year, Mike McCarthy would emphasize, it would be penalties. But this is still an undisciplined team, Carlin, and the worst of it is they're not as talented as they were last year, so they can't overcome the self-inflicted wounds that they have as a result of the penalties. So... When we say that the Dallas Cowboys season is over now that Dak is going to be out the next two months, I don't think that's hyperbole. I think that's just the reality. That's the world the Dallas Cowboys fans are going to have to live in, and they're just going to have to accept it because there's not one single move that they can go out there and make via trade that's going to improve their prospects of being able to win this division and be able to get into the postseason.
2: Kenti and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Be a part of the program on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Cowboy fans, I, I know you. there are probably instances today where you haven't wanted to talk to anybody. You, maybe you had to go to work, but you'd prefer to sit home in a dark room and you know lock the door, maybe order some pizza, and just shut the world off but if you happen to turn on the radio we'd like to hear from you
0: <laughs> let's let's just call this our collective wellness check can, can we can we find any dallas cowboys fans today it's a great question That's a great question can we find you i mean if you if you were riding so hard for the dallas cowboys and you believe it i just want to hear from you i want to hear the mood of the cowboys fan right now eight, i really eight, do 888 eight, eight, say espn
2: 888 eight, eight, 3776 it's the dr pepper call in line Hit us up there. And also, your biggest takeaway from week one in the NFL. What did you believe? What don't you believe when it comes to your team? Up next, there was a former MVP who had a rough week one and in the process taught me a lesson in that I get what I deserve. <laughs> what does that mean? We'll find out in a minute. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio.
1: Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall.
2: Uh, I haven't checked because I've been busy getting ready for the show, but I just assumed that Aaron Rodgers by, I don't know, what is it, 415 Eastern right now he's probably done about 12 different podcasts by now uh and waiting to get an excuse well i shouldn't say excuse for aaron rogers because he doesn't offer excuses reasons as to what
0: went wrong yesterday
1: as to why things a x
0: no let me tell you what he's not saying today especially to those he, young ain't receivers. Saying relax. he ain't telling them dudes relax he's telling them dudes listen man you got to come up with some plays and he said it in the post game press conference like uh you got to have patience with those guys and as the season wears on that patience becomes Chris, thinner.
2: He was talking himself into that one.
0: No, he was saying He was no, absolutely Carlin, saying that was the moment where he was saying the right thing but that's not how he truly feels. You know no. how you know how he really feels? The face that he made when <laughs> Christian Watson <laughs> dropped, dropped that ball. bomb, the face that he <sighs> made sums up the Packers' performance from yesterday. It tells you everything you need to know about A-Rod's attitude to those young receivers and the situation with the team as a whole. Let's hear from
1: him. Look, we got to have patience with those guys. They're young. You know, they haven't been in the in the fire. Now, that patience will be thinner as the season goes on, but uh, the expectation will be high. So we'll keep them accountable, but it's going to happen. It's going to be drops. Hate to see it on the first play, but there's it's a part of it. It's going to be drops throughout the season.
2: Now, maybe this is nitpicky on my part. Mm-hmm. Just maybe, just maybe it would have helped for the $50 million quarterback to show up at OTAs to get used to a new group of receivers.
0: Do you think that helps having more time, maybe more reps with your bit. players? Maybe just a little bit. Maybe the timing? Yeah, especially when they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, usually practice does help those types yeah. of things in terms of communications, being where you're supposed to be, making sure that guys are used to catching passes from you and not Jordan Love or other backup quarterbacks. All of those things matter, man. The little things matter, especially with young players. And I think Aaron Rodgers took for granted having a player like Devontae Adams who always finds a way to get open.
2: He also took for granted that he could make other guys better. I believe that. There was no Alan Lazard, right? No Alan Lazard. Uh, Yeah, but he was banged up. Valdez Scantling's gone. Like, dude, they're all new. You know, you're not going to turn Lazard when he's back into Devontae Adams. And these other guys, like, he, he... Listen, it wasn't that long ago that he was actually raving about Romeo Dobbs. Yeah. And then he ripped the whole group again in training camp. Like, this is going to be a thing. And I know, everybody out there, I know, wait, just don't even waste your breath. I know they lost week one last
0: year. I know. No, this feels different, though, man. I totally this agree. This feels completely different than them losing week one last year. First of all, you're talking about them losing to a division opponent. Yep. Which matters. And winning your division is the easiest path to getting into the playoffs. But then beyond that, the way that they lost, Carlin, I mean, up front, they got whooped. And not having David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, that matters. But both of those guys have had struggles with being able to stay healthy, especially Bakhtiari over the last couple of years. So there's, there's no reason to assume that that's going to solve itself. And then on top of that, you have the deficiencies at the wide receiver core. So I, I just, again, Devontae Adams ain't walking back through that door. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to make it work with the group of guys that he has there. And I'm not quite sure that they're going to be able to get on the same page in time to be able to salvage this thing and make sure they're in position to go on a championship run. Because with Aaron Rodgers, as your starting quarterback and based on the contract that they gave him this off season, this organization fully expects for the Packers to compete for championships. They did not look like a championship outfit yesterday. No,
2: not in the least. Yeah. And I have to tell you, like, he may be annoyed all he wants. Look in the mirror, man. Because there were there were a few times yesterday where it wasn't just their fault. Mm. Where, you know, a couple of sacks that he took could have gotten rid of the ball a little quicker.
0: You know, there were I, I people are gonna think I'm picking on Aaron Rodgers just because, you know, I think it's fair to be critical of Aaron Rodgers. And here's the thing that I would focus on the most, Carlin. Why did Devontae Adams leave? He, decided, exactly. he That's decided, all I He decided, think decided yesterday. to get off of the roller coaster that was Aaron Rodgers throwing a tantrum the last two years since they drafted Jordan Love. You know what Devontae Adams said to himself? I've been looking for a reason to go back to the West Coast, to be closer to my family. And Aaron Rodgers, the past few, two years with his attitude, flirting with retirement, gave me a more than enough more than enough reason to decide to rip the cord and get out of there. And That's you know, exactly what happened.
2: And you know what he gave
0: A-Rod on the way out? The old, it's not
2: you, it's me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I This is
2: better for me. Yeah, I and I he's giving them the double birds now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Listen, he may have lost yesterday, but he still had his eight for 148 or whatever the number was.
0: Yeah, he was cooking a sate Junior.
2: All <laughs> over the place. Cooking. <laughs> and so when it comes to the Packers and what the schedule really looks like at this point i mean i'm not i'm not going to sit here and tell you the packers are in big big trouble no but i mean you just better take care of business with what's coming up that's all i mean i don't know if the i i didn't believe in what i saw from the bears yesterday although i think their defense is decent but i can't tell very much out of
0: that no i'm not scared but, of the bears what i am worried he, about with the packers is just the commitment to the running game being able to do that, and also the miscommunication they had on the defensive end of the the defensive back end. They've got to be better than that. Like, those are the things that the Packers got to figure out. Being able to run the football to take pressure off of the passing game and then being able to make sure that your secondary has things shored up because it seems like every other year they're putting a first-round draft pick into a defensive back. It certainly didn't look like it with Justin Jefferson setting a career high in receiving yards yesterday.
2: The Packers are going to have – an easy season despite what happened yesterday they are because look at it and how it lays out I mean after you know Tampa in week three you're talking New England the Giants the Jets Washington uh, they do go to Buffalo but you got Detroit you got Dallas at home now you got Tennessee at home they they're not going to have a problem during the regular season what I saw yesterday though tells me that there's going to be more of a problem later in the year no doubt about it again Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on ESPN+. Plus, We're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. My friends, in just moments, we have so much more to get to, including your chance to be a part of the Canty and Carlin program. Hello, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That is on the way. Yes, the Packers were bad, but what was... The positive that stood out from week one. (laughs) Well, top five on the way with Mr. Canty right after he has this from our
0: friends at FanDuel. Kick off the football season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. To sign up with promo code PLAY to get in on the action. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with Same Game Parlay, one of my personal favorites. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets. Win or play with promo code PLAY. Make every moment more with FanDuel Sportsbook, official sports book partner of the NFL.
1: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Must be 21 plus and present in present and select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
2: We gotta be positive. So let's, I get accused of being
0: uh, negative at times, but it's times uh, you gotta be positive. Well, Mitch Trubisky is your starting quarterback for your team, so I can understand why you could be negative during the football season. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's not good. Not
2: good. I will get a chance to see it up close and personal this week. That's right. You're calling the game, right? I've got the Steelers-Patriots on ESPN Radio with me and Sal Pal on Sunday. And then the following week, it'll be you and me Hello, on the Patriots and the Ravens on ESPN Radio. That is a week in week three, uh, a week from Sunday. But right now, more importantly, it is time for Canty's Top 5. Hello.
0: Here's Canty with the Top 5. All right, let's do it. Number 5. Oh, before we get to number five, Carlin, we got to go with the honorable mention on Thursday night to kick off the NFL season. Number six. (laughs) Number six, you threw me off. Wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie scores a touchdown midway through the third quarter to break a tie with the Los Angeles Rams. Now, that's not the story. The story is the touchdown celebration in which he did a gender reveal for his sister's baby, and he screams out, it's a boy. And you could see the <laughs> clips on social media of the sister and the entire family going crazy when he did it. I thought it was awesome. Going to be hard to top that touchdown celebration this season. Let's get into the list, though, with number five. Number five. All right, Pat Mahomes. Calling, maybe I might be a tad premature. But I think Pat Mahomes is going to be fine without Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I-, I think he's going to be fine. I mean... The game against the Cards was a rout yesterday. It was 23-7 at halftime, and the game really wasn't that close. It was a 44-21 beatdown where my boy threw for 360 yards, five TDs, and no picks. Carlin, it was the sixth career game where Mahomes had five-plus touchdowns. It's unbelievable whether it's Juju Smith-Schuster or Demarcus Robinson or uh Marquise, Marquise, was Marquise, there. Marquise Valdez Scanting Harley and not forget Travis Kelsey there, Clyde Edwards Hillel cut a trouble pass. I mean, there's there is still weapons for Pat Mahomes to work with, and I said it before. Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid are gonna find a way to MacGyver this thing. Yeah. I think Pat Mahomes is gonna be just fine. Let's keep it moving. Number four. All right, new head coaches in the NFL. They were six two and one in week one, and we still have Nathaniel Hackett to go tonight against the Pete Carroll-led Seattle Seahawks. But among the most impressive performances, Mike McDaniel with the Dolphins, being able to best Bill Belichick in the Patriots. Kevin O'Connell and that beatdown that the Vikes put on the Packers. Dennis Allen with a 16-point come-from-behind win on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. Pretty impressive. And then Todd Bowles, of course, what he did dismantling the Dallas Cowboys. Now the head man for the Bucks. Number three, Saquon Barkley. This is the Saquon Barkley that Giants fans have been waiting to show up since his rookie season, Carlin, 24 touches, 194 yards, and one touchdown. But the biggest moment in that game for me was the first possession for the Giants in the second half. They're down by 13 points, and Saquon Barkley single-handedly takes over that drive. He takes 168 yards on his first touch. Two plays later, caps the drive with a four-yard touchdown run. What I thought he did best was squaring his shoulders, running behind his pads, being decisive, making one cut, and getting north and Carlin, he did a great job of being able to use the space that his offensive line created for him. So, Saquon Barkley, take a bow. You did it in week one, but it's clear that the Giants are going to need you to follow that up with performances like that every week based on what we saw from Daniel Jones.
2: And he's going to be a guest on the Manning cast tonight. Hello. That's right. Hello. On ESPN2 and ESPN+. All right, plus. and
0: we got to keep it moving Number on the two. list. The guy that says he's the best receiver in the National Football League from LSU. And no, I'm not talking about Jamar Chase. That would be one Justin Jefferson. And guess what? He didn't do anything to make anyone say otherwise in his regular season debut because he only went off for a career high with receiving yards, 184 yards. Would he have nine catches and two touchdowns, Carlin? Justin Jefferson is an absolute beast, and there's a reason why Michael Irvin picked Kirk Cousins to be an MVP candidate. It ain't because Kirk Cousins in and of himself is a great quarterback. It's because Kirk Cousins is throwing to Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, arguably, the best wide receiver tandem in the National Football League. But, Carlin, the number one thing that I saw in week one. Number one. Brian Dable, the head coach for oh. the New York Giants. You say no, but can can we talk about the stones on Brian Dable to decide, you know what, we're not going to play for the tie on the road in week one. We're going to go for the win with the two-point conversion. So, after the Giants get it down to pay dirt with Daniel Jones throwing a touchdown pass to pull within one. He decides we're not going to kick the PAT. We're going to go for two with the shovel pass to Saquon Barkley. He punches it in the end zone. He makes his coach right. But what I love most about the decision, he asked his defense how they felt about him going for two before the drive even started for the offense. Big ups to Brian Dayball. I thought that was the most impressive coaching debut with a new team in week one. That's my top five. That's what I got, uh, a little homerish there on the last one. Well, uh, little may- little may- maybe I'm drinking a blue Kool-Aid. How, how about this? Brian Debose celebration in the locker room, him dancing with his team. That added to it a little bit. Again. Okay, that was that was uh, yeah. We're all that about we're all about good. big guys being able to show some swag. listen, man, it's the year of the ball guy. You keep oh, talking yeah. about it. Bald, I mean, ball, ball beard, 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 fat and dancing.
2: It's our time.
0: Exactly. Exactly. There we go.
2: 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 729 Of course, I will have the bottom five later on. Yeah, you because love living in the gutter. That's me. I live in the gutter. Craig, Delaware is up first on ESPN Radio. Speaking of the gutter, Craig, what's going on?
0: Come on, guys. I got a question for you about my Cowboys, and I'm a long-life Cowboys fan, diehard.
2: 55 years of it. How about this trade with Pittsburgh for
0: Mitchell Trubisky offer a fifth-round pick or try to offer a sixth-round pick to Indianapolis for Nick Foles?
2: I don't think Nick Foles has got much left.
0: Uh, I don't no- think either one of those guys can be the difference with that offensive line no. being as bad as it is, so it doesn't really matter. Again, I-, I don't. there's not one move I can point to, Carlin, where I can say this can save the Dallas Cowboys season. I gotta tell you, I
2: did not hate the idea of the cowboys tanking it now i really did not try you know because even if we're talking about prescott you know you could potentially get will anderson if things go badly enough this year you don't need to overly invest in this season right now even if prescott's your guy
0: yeah i i think there's a conversation there but based on what Jerry's invested in this team already, I have a hard time seeing them punt the well, season Well, that's away. the other thing. He'd have to admit that he was
2: wrong, and that's not going to happen. Yeah. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive. Save over $700 on average. So those are Canty's top takeaways. But what are yours? You're going to weigh in with us next at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 3776 Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. It's our time!
1: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
2: 888 say ESPN 888 Canty and Carlin with David in Utah up next on ESPN Radio. David, what do you got, bud? Hey, guys. Great to be on. Appreciate it. Hey, uh, I work at 49ers. I'm a longtime 49er fan, and I was really disappointed last night or yesterday. I, I just, uh, I need somebody to help me understand. I've never from the get go understood why we felt like the need to push, um, Trey Lance into this thing, Garoppolo had got us to the Super Bowl, came very close last year. I mean, what's the deal there? I mean, and now again,
0: here we are, we're stepping into injuries Here's already. Here's the problem.
2: Let's be realistic about this situation, okay? Trey Lance has not played a lot of football. I believe Trey Lance is going to be good. I, I He's got a great chance to be good. It's not right now. And this is why, after training camp, remember, they had banished Garoppolo, basically. Mm. Pretty much took out a restraining order, and then all of a sudden it's come back, and they got a manageable number to bring him back. Here's what's interesting to me. Let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. You think Garoppolo, after everything that happened yesterday, regrets staying and maybe not
0: trying to get released in... Go somewhere else. No, because there wasn't a better situation for Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of improving his value and changing the perception around him in the National Football League. I could not agree more. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. But when we have this conversation about why we're pushing Trey Lance, it's not us that's pushing Trey Lance. It's Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch that decided, you know what? Jimmy Garoppolo ain't good enough. Yep. What we saw in the Super Bowl back in 2020 when you lost to the Chiefs, that wasn't good enough. They're the ones that said, you know what? We think we can upgrade at this position. We're going to invest three, count them, Carlin, three first-round draft picks in order to move up to get Trey Lance. That is their guy. Jimmy Garoppolo is in the final year of his contract. No matter what happens this year, he's going into free agency unencumbered thanks to the restructure and the terms that he insisted be in there. I just don't understand why 49ers fans want to cut bait after one game in an absolute monsoon. Because they're afraid. In a monsoon where both quarterbacks didn't play well, by because the way. Because they're afraid. But here's the thing, Carlin. You can be afraid, but you also have to understand your team and Kyle Shanahan's future is tied to the success of Trey Lance. You got to ride with him. Also, when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo, he is the quintessential quarterback when we tie wins to a quarterback's play, when the reality is that over the last three years, Jimmy Garoppolo ranks 24th in the air yards per attempt, and the 49ers ranked dead last over that same span in pass attempts. But it's about the but team. Chris, it ain't just about Jimmy Garoppolo. But if he's not killing you,
2: if he's not turning the ball over, you're better off. I got to hand it to them. They are showing up. They are showing up a day after their season ended, the Cowboy fans. Eight 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 say ESPN. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Canty and Carlin, that's your Dr Pepper call-in line. We are presented
0: by Progressive Insurance, so let's give them a chance
2: while they have a chance.
0: Yes, yeah, we got to give them the floor. We don't know how much longer we're going to be talking about Dallas Cowboys football based on Dak Prescott getting hurt this year.
2: Don, the floor is yours on ESPN Radio.
0: Go. All right, first off, congratulations, Canty. Appreciate you, man. And, uh, Um, My thing of it is, I've I've been dubbed a Romo apologist because I've been saying all along that Prescott was not the guy. He's been playing from behind, airing the ball out from behind, and that's how he got his yards, and they paid him like he's a top-five quarterback, a difference maker when he's not. And what I saw yesterday, he's throwing the ball behind people three yards, in front of people three yards. That's a a six-yard span where guys are not able to catch the ball. So it's not just the receivers. It's on him before his thumb got hurt. And then they're saying, well, when he comes back, is he going to be accurate? Well, he wasn't accurate before his injury.
2: No, he wasn't. He, listen, he wasn't very good, but the whole thing was pretty bad. Yeah. And it, it wasn't him alone. Listen, we've had this discussion ad nauseum in the off season about Dak and whether or not he's a top-ten quarterback in the league. And we understand that cowboy fans are for most part going to have his back, but what you saw last night, not all his fault,
0: not all his fault, but he certainly wasn't the solution or the no. remedy to the problems that no, they he had wasn't out fixing there. It. But, but here's the thing, he Carlin, Carlin, it, it, Carlin, 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 he but he couldn't here's be a thing, no, no, last night. But, here, but Carlin, here's my point though: when you're paying a guy forty million dollars a year you're expecting that he's going to be able to elevate the play of everybody around him and that just wasn't the case yeah but when he's got
2: I mean, honestly when he's got three and four red jerseys in his face before he you know a second and a half after he takes a snap no matter what his paycheck says that doesn't matter at yeah that I point. could
0: buy that unless until I saw Joe Burrow last year with the Cincinnati Bengals be one of the most sack quarterbacks in all of football and take his team to the Super Bowl and by the way yesterday that improved offensive line for them eh, not so much yeah but guess what they still had a chance to win at the end of the regulation and in overtime, Mike. In he California. gave them a chance to win. All I'm saying, Dak Prescott didn't do that yesterday for the Cowboys. Mike on ESPN Radio. What do you got, Mike?
2: Hey, what's going on, guys? How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, you know, Cowboy fan.
1: <laughs> what am I to say? <laughs> 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 there ain't enough uh, cold beverages for me from last night to get over that. But I want to say a few things about the Cowboys. Cowboy fans are not what Stephen A. Smith says. I know we're clickbait,
2: but I don't believe we're gonna win a Super Bowl every year. My family doesn't. Uh we don't believe that. And we sure as heck know we ain't gonna win anything this year. Our problem is right now
1: it's Mike McCarthy and then our play caller that looks like Sid from Toy Story. Man, <laughs> they're garbage. You got a Walrus, a kid from, we look
2: like the uh the toys from Toy Story, coaching staff. I mean, Mike,
0: I Mike, think- Mike, 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 I don't blame you for being frustrated. And one of the play calls that I just did not understand, that double reverse that they tried On to the run second early, play? early oh in the game God, with Tony Pollard and
2: CeeDee Lamb, what the hell was that? Especially as somebody that had Pollard over 30 and a half yards rushing. Dear you're God. minus eight before I get out of the game.
0: I, I couldn't <laughs> believe it, man. It was absolutely atrocious. So you're right, the play calling. Nobody did anything good last night for the Dallas Cowboys save Michael Parsons. Outside of Michael Parsons, there's nobody that can feel good about that performance. But going back to Dak Prescott, now that he's going to be out for the next couple of months, I don't know that there's going to be a way for you to salvage this season. I already felt like the Cowboys were more of a wild card team than they were a division winner because the Philadelphia Eagles, and they looked damn good yesterday, by the way, against the Detroit Lions. But what I'll say is this, I just I don't know that the Cowboys can overcome the deficiencies on the roster and the lack of discipline that they continue to display every single game. See, I I do know they can't. I do know they can't. Yeah. So Mike McCarthy. They're not gonna. So uh, like not, I know it's Mike, not Mike, all Mike's fault. No, it's not all Mike's fault. But Mike from Cali is absolutely right. They're concerned about Mike McCarthy. They don't have to worry about Mike McCarthy for much longer. No, I can promise don't. you that. I but they don't but have but to let's worry. Let's talk about, about
2: that it. for a second, though. Mike McCarthy is not getting fired during the season. No. the The only way that would happen. Is if the Cowboys somehow got to Week 12 and they're one and eleven and they've gotten Dak back and they've had him for three or four games at that point, that otherwise and you know they'd hand it to Dan Quinn or something at that point. Yeah, but I don't see it that now that Dak is going to miss eight weeks, they would not have been inclined to fire him during the season to begin with. Certainly not after Game One. Jerry's never going to admit
0: that mistake. No. But I'll, but I'll say this, Carlin, if we get to the end of November and Dak Prescott is back and the Cowboys are still in the cellar of the NFC East, then I think there's a real potential that they could fire Mike McCarthy before the season ends. Uh-huh. But I think Jerry gives him an opportunity to see this thing on out and give him two full years or three full years as the head coach before they pull the plug on Mike McCarthy. I think that happens.
2: Here's Todd Archer, ESPN Cowboys reporter, on this
1: topic earlier with Barton Hahn. Forget the Sean Payton thing. That's not happening. Everybody wants to connect those dots. I've been told that that ship has sailed here from the Cowboys' perspective that that is not something that is on their radar. The first guy you mentioned, wow. Dan Quinn, I think if you had to do an uh, ESPN FPI on this thing, Dan Quinn would be the guy with the greatest odds of being the head coach.
2: Oh, my God. Think about this. But hang on a second. Hang on a second. Hang. Hang. That, that is alarming because you know what that tells you? That is just the next in a line of coaches who say, thank you, sir, may I have another? That is exactly what that is if Dan Quinn ends up being the next head coach of the Cowboys, not interim, the next head coach, because that's the next Jason
0: Garrett, that's the next guy who will just do whatever Jerry wants to do. But, but Carlin, what did I say about week one? Believe none of what you hear and half of what you see. So Uh with respect to Todd Archer, I'm sure that there's somebody in the organization feeding him that, but that's not the reality. That's in part trying to support your head coach and Mike McCarthy, but that's also a negotiating ploy with Sean Payton because that's how Jerry Jones does business. So I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility that if things don't go well for McCarthy and they fire him, that Jerry Jones doesn't pick up the phone next offseason and see if Sean Payton is interested in taking over and becoming the czar of this franchise because when they've had success in recent memory – It's been a strong head coach that's got Super Bowl credentials that can push back against Jerry. Believe me, I lived it. I played for the Dallas Cowboys when Bill Parcells was in there, and he ran the show, not Jerry Jones. And the reason why they were able to have success in the late 2000s was because of the team that Bill built. And guess what? Sean Payton, Bill Parcells' disciple. It seems like it would make a whole lot of sense if Mike McCarthy can't find a way to get this thing turned around this year. Problem is, though. I think Jerry, all along,
2: has wanted to prove that he can do it. And all along, he has been proven wrong time in and time out. I don't know if he's going to let it go even at this stage.